Boom! Coming in hot, Chinch, on a nice Friday. What's going on, brother? There he is. Sean Casey's world tour continues. <laughs> He's now driving. There's a lot of there's a lot of Sean Casey on a road, walking golf courses with the Gators. What? Where are we headed now? I'm in. A, I'm in. A, I'm heading to Spring Lake, New Jersey, brother. Spring Lake, New Jersey, out there at the Jersey Shore. Got cars past me. I'm in a tunnel right now, but thank God I'm not driving. Perfect. Oh, you are in a tunnel. You have you have that blurred background on and in the tunnel. This is like this is trippy. Yeah, I like the look it, right it, now. It feels weird, doesn't it? I know. Yeah. I know. If you want to, you want to feel like you're on a trip. Tune into this episode right here. Right now. <laughs> no, it's good. Now wait, <laughs> did I hear correctly? Did I hear Sarah before this say that you are doing what at a wedding? Yeah, dude, I'm officiating a wedding tomorrow. My first wedding ever. Officiating. Officiating. Uh, so good. good friends good friends of ours are getting married they and they were they asked me if i would officiate the wedding and i'm like why not <laughs> I've, I've got a couple bombs in a world series i'll officiate a wedding i know exactly. don't those don't those translate that translates doesn't it? yeah did you write us did you write do you have like notes and stuff like what's happening yeah I'm, I'm getting that taken care of right now I'm, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay good. locking it in. I'm, i've been thinking about what i'm gonna say and i'm locking it in so, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I've never done this before. I, you know, like I said, my dad back in the day was a Catholic priest. I know he's done a lot of weddings. I, I probably should have locked it in. With him. Oh, I lost you. Wait, hold on. I lost you. Wow. Right, you're back. Okay. How about now? Yeah, you're good. Wait, so you said your dad was a Catholic priest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad was a Catholic priest back in the day and did a lot of weddings. So I probably should have locked it in with him and given give him a call. I know he's watching right now, so I'll be calling you later, Dad. <laughs> that actually reminds me of my wedding. So I get married on Long Island at this place, the Garden City Hotel, which is beautiful, great food. Yeah, I was there. I was there. I know you were there, but so here's my story. I was story. in the wedding. I was in your. I was in your wedding. Too. Yes, I, I, I know. I'm I talking. I'm talking to the, <laughs> the audience. You didn't wear an actual Hulk outfit. I mean, you guys wore T-shirts underneath and whatever. It was for a freaking picture, man. Yeah. Now here's legit. here's the, the knowledge of thing about that. So they knew, like, I knew a bunch of ball players and like who else was there? Cliff was there. I was. I mean, there's a bunch of you guys there, and uh, I'll never forget. Like, oh, you have the. Uh, you know, they got us the, the, the presidential honeymoon suite, whatever. Everything's great. And I was like, wow, this is the greatest thing ever. And all of a sudden, Casey shows up. He gets there, knocks on my door, and he's like, dude, I'm right across the hall from you. I'm like, what? what? And I go into his room, and it was arguably bigger than mine. And he, he goes up. Sean Casey goes up to the counter. And they're like, oh, are you Sean Casey, the ball player? Hold on. We're going to upgrade you. And I think you had a bigger suite than me and Jess did for my own damn wedding, dude. <laughs> do you remember that? It was like, I think, yeah, I was like, kids, do you want to take my room? Oh, <laughs> if you want to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, freaking A. I think we actually partied in your, the, 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 the guys <laughs> from the wedding party, we went to your room so we wouldn't mess up my room. <laughs> like, That's true. God forbid That's we true. came well, home we... The, the night of the wedding, there's just empty beer cans all over for Jess's, the <laughs> night of Jess's wedding. So <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> I do remember that. Oh my god! So um, great. That was a great wedding, dude. I can't believe that was was it eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. Seems like yesterday. Seems like yesterday. Isn't that crazy, Casey? Was, Incredible. Yeah. The best was in the back. In the end, Casey had like a big cowboy hat on and was dancing to a Money Money, which I do have a video of. I might sneak in here one day. <laughs> I'm sure, Sarah's gonna want to see that. Too. Uh, Sarah would love that. You kidding me? She's there for that party. <laughs> yeah, there she is. Uh, oh wait, I have one other story to tell you. Oh. Let's do this first. We got a couple topics today. One is, I believe I thank Sarah for this too. Sarah was giving us ideas today because we're both like burnt out. 
Uh, <laughs> is this the anniversary of Johan Santana's no hitter? Were you working that night, or were you not working that night? I was not working that night, but you know, it's it's always funny because it's the mystery no hitter, right? Because di- didn't Carl w- was that against the Astros? Wait, who was Carlos Beltran playing for then? Hold on, it might have been Beltran. Hold on. Well, what what the 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 controversy of that was it was before replay. And somebody, somebody ripped a somebody ripped a liner down the line. Yeah, Beltron, Carlos that, Beltron. Oh, that, okay, yeah, that's hold on. Yo. And they called it foul, but yeah. it was actually it was fair. fair. So yeah. the the crazy thing is, I was doing MLB tonight that night, and I, I will never forget this so long as I live. Uh, it's it's Greg Harold and. Uh, and meanwhile, by the way, this is this was the first no hitter in Mets history. There were only two teams left at the time. Like it's the Padres and them. I don't think the Padres have the Padres done it yet. I don't think they've done it. Yeah, Musgrove did it last oh, year. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the, they were the only two teams left, and the Mets have had great pitching forever. So I'll never forget the no hitter ends, and we come on, and you know we're all fired up. Tony Petiti, obviously, you know he he was the mastermind behind everything, and he's he's like, we got a no hitter, just good for ratings, whatever. I just remember Amsterdam going, this really isn't a no hitter, is it, guys? Like, and Harold's like, yeah, I think you're right. This really isn't a big deal. And Tony oh, was like, no. oh, no. have to stop that. We're promoting this game. This is a no-hitter. A no-hitter's a no-hitter. Oh, my God. It was like a scary couple moments in the control room that night. I'll, I'll never forget. Oh, but it's a no-hitter. You got to call it a no-hitter, right? You can't put an asterisk next hey, to it. Hey, you're following the rules. There was no replay then, dude. So it's a no-hitter. That's the bottom line. You know what I mean? We can't look back now. It's like – yeah. Tennis match back in the day before they had that line, the lion things where you just go, bam, hang yeah. on a second, it goes to the digital, you know, replay. Yeah, I um, wish they had that. I wish they had that replay. That is the greatest replay in all of sports. There's nothing even close the, to it. The, the, the tennis one. Yes, fans get oh, more excited best. about the replay than they do about the the actual point that was that was scored before. Yeah, well, well, dude, even even now, even now, um, it's the same way. Like, I, don't you think it's a replay and the, the um the the um, umpire being with the mic, I was like, okay. I like that. Now, dude, I think it, and the crowd goes nuts. Yes, it enhances the game. There a couple calls at the plate, overturn. It happened the other day when I was at the – even in college they do it. At Kent State, there was a play at the plate. It was a big play, and it was tied to game, I think, and they're waiting, waiting, waiting. They're like, after further review, the runner is safe. The play plays ah! <laughs> That's so cool. Imagine, imagine you had that when it was like the Jim Joyce uh, – Oh. Armando Galarraga thing that is still to this day one of the biggest that one. and and Jim Joyce that umpire is one of the greatest dudes yeah, like when I when he'd be at first base I'm like oh man Jim Joyce out here we're gonna have some good conversation yeah so cool dude really quick I got something I, I just thought of yeah did you see the video the other day of the state championship high school game I was just when they bro they punched out that kid to end the game but the ball hit the dirt where the catcher needs to throw it down to first or tag the runner. He, he he ghost tags the runner, never I mean he misses him by five feet. And then he puts the ball in his pocket and runs out to the pitcher and starts jumping up and down like the umpire wasn't gonna see it. Uh, that guy runs the first. He keeps running. And there's a dog pile. And then the, the two runs score and they lose they lose yeah. the championship game. Devastating. And devastating, dude. Devast but like come on, like you know, if you can't do the little things the right, life, you, you can't expect the big things of a championship if you can't throw the ball down to first. You know what I mean? So I was like, what yeah. is happening here? Were you ever, high school, college, or pros, ever involved in a play where you, like, either top nine or bottom nine, like, lost the game defensively? Dude, I, 
we were up. I'll never forget it. We were up eight to two against the Cardinals in the ninth. Danny Graves comes in, which usually freaking lockdown, shutdown. All of a sudden, he knock, walk, hit, three run bomb. Edmonds, I'm like, oh, I take five. Walk, bloop, bullet. Okay, it's freaking uh, eight seven. So, like, dude, you know, you know, too, like, defensively, when that starts happening, you're like, oh my, you're like, you start getting on your heels a little bit, whatever. Mark Rosalana comes up, two guys on. I think base loaded, two guys on. Hits me. I got two stories for you. He hits me. I'm freaking rocking off off my uh, off my glove. It goes down. I mean, one of those right handed got inside. It was kind of slicing to me. Hits off my glove. Two runs scored. We lose nine eight. I was like, oh my yeah, gosh, like the worst feeling ever after the game. It's incredible. But the worst one for me, dude, was when I was in Toronto. 3-3 game, my first Boston start ever. I, I get a big knock to tie the game at four in the top of the eighth. I'm like, let's go, man. Place is crap. Pe- uh, not pace, the place is not crapped. The place is packed. <laughs> the place is packed. Sky Dome, dude, 60,000 people. Red Sox. Like, wherever we went, it was volatile. But in Toronto, like I said, man, those fans are, are they're hockey fans. Yeah. So, game's tied at four. Greg Zahn comes up. Face is loaded. I'm thinking about Okay, if it's hit hard to me, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn two soft. I'll I'll throw it home. By the time I'm going through that scenario in my head where I'm going with the ball, Greg's on first pitch swinging, hits a rocket off the lip, dude. It hits my glove, ricochets down the line. All three runs scored, dude. Oh. <laughs> All three runs scored. I'm in the I'm in the freaking I'm out there, and sixty thousand people in unison start chanting, "Casey, Casey, you stop." <laughs> <laughs> That's and terrible. Next, so we couldn't get the last out either. But the chant kept going for like six minutes. Oh my god! Crazy, crazy, you suck. <laughs> and then after the game, I was like, you know, all the Boston media was like, "What happened on that play?" I was like, "Dude, iron skillet. I, I didn't make the play. Went down the line, lost the game." <laughs> iron skillet. That's so funny. What I, what I remember, my freshman year, we're on our spring trip, and I'm trying to like crack the lineup in, in college, and uh, I pinch hit. We are down by one in the top of the ninth. I pinch hit with a runner on third, one out. Right. My coach calls a squeeze. Oh, no. I, I was a good. I was pretty. Bunting was probably part of got me to college. You know, uh, right? Freaking pitch comes in. I square around. I hit. This was like the hardest bunt in the history of the world. One hopper back to the pitcher. Throws oh home, God. tags the guy standing. I couldn't even get like, I couldn't even get three feet out of the box. Double play on a squeeze Double to play. end the game. And I'm like, you know, I, your oh. freshman year, you think like I'm I'm sitting in a dugout and everybody's like packing up and I'm just sitting in the dugout like I'm never gonna I'm never gonna start. I'm never gonna play. I'm never gonna play again. And it's all going through my head. And my coach Paul Fernandez is the greatest guy. <laughs> he's like he's like kind of like a very laid back talker, but he was like. He would tell you what happened. He just walked back. He just walks past me. He goes, bunted the ball right back to the pitcher, Chinch. And I go, I'm aware, coach. And I was, <laughs> I was it for the day. I didn't sleep for like two days. I couldn't sleep until we played the next game. That's the one good thing about baseball is you, you just got to get through the night of a really horrible night. Because then you when you step on the field the next day, you're like, okay. Okay, I can do something. I can do something to get my mind off of what I did yesterday that I screwed up so bad, you know? 
That's the, that's the best thing, dude, is just get out there again. You, know, you hit a rocket to the pitcher, one hop, or you double up freshman year. That's an absolute <laughs> insomnia moment. You know you're not sleeping that night. You're like, just get me back out there. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Anyway, so speaking of, speaking of ball games here, we are into June, okay? I, I like to ask you this kind of stuff every couple months because yeah. you break down seasons. You used to break down seasons into – you yeah. would do it into weeks, quarters, whatever. Yeah. So, yep. do, do these teams right now on June second? Do they know who they are yet, or do they, or, or are they still feeling themselves out for the most part? Well, there's there's two sides to this coin because the good teams know they're good. Like you know, when I played with the Red Sox, like we're two months into the year. Whether you know, if we're at five hundred or, or or boat racing teams, we know over six months. You got Josh Beckett, you got John Lester, you got Dice K Matsusaka, you got a staff, mm. you got a you got a bullpen, you got Papa the back end, your your lineup's loaded with Ortiz and Ramirez. So you know you're legit and, and, and you've played enough games to know we're gonna be okay. Now I've also played on teams like the Reds, where we got to the in two thousand four, we got to the all star break, we were first in that division. Mm. And I remember Matt Morris uh, picture for the Cardinals getting interviewed right around that time. They asked him at the All-Star game, you know, hey, listen, you guys are third in the division. The Astros are second. The Reds are in first. You know, what do you think about this division? He goes, well, we're not worried about the Reds. I was like, I was like offended. <laughs> He's like, we're worried about the Astros and 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 uh, we know that we have the pitching and the Astros have the pitching. We're going to be good. We'll be there at the end. Mm. And I was like kind of offended. So he was right. <laughs> he was he right. didn't have the pitching for the six-month haul. We, at a three-and-a-half-month sprint, we were two games up, and, and we had the offense for it, yeah. but we didn't have the pitching. So, like, we got to the break there, and I, I was like, we still didn't know who we were. Are, are we the team that's in first, mm. or are we the team that still doesn't have the good enough pitching, and it's going to show up eventually? And it did. We did we end up in last place Ugh. in the Central, being at first at the All-Star break. Ugh. So, you know, I think the good teams, like the Orioles, like they're like, who are we? We're good. Hmm. The Blue Jays. They're kind of like the Blue Jays are sitting there saying, "Who are we?" And they're sitting around five hundred, but I think they know they're good and, and they've underachieved so far. Like you know, uh, what but, about Arizona? You know, Sox, how, how about Arizona? Red, oh, Red Sox, go Red Sox! Red Sox are a team right now. They're like, "Who are we? Mm. Are, are we going to be good? or Are we not going to be good?" Arizona's a team that's like, "We're young. We think we're good, and are we this good though?" Yeah, yeah. So there's, the there's definitely some, yeah. Yeah, man, no, it's interesting, dude. Dude, you're... I, dude, I think the Padres are a team that are saying, "Who are we? Mm-hmm. Who are we?" Because they did the same thing last year, dude. They struggled, got hot when they needed to, got in, did well in the postseason. But I don't know, man. Like, who are the Padres? Are they the team that we think's loaded with talent, mm-hmm. or are they a team that just is going to be a little over five hundred? I like that. Now, play front office for me right now. Uh-huh. Are you thinking yet, like, have you identified what we have and what we don't have and what we need yet? Say if you're if you're an elite team, you're probably you're probably just gonna plug a hole or something. But like, are there Baltimore Orioles, like you said, or teams like that going, all right, we, we gotta start thinking about plugging in some holes, or you still have another month or so before you start worrying about worrying about that? I think the front offices know who they are right now, know the holes that they might have. You could never have enough pitching. So you know every front office right now is looking for relief pitching. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. where could we make a move? Where could we make a trade? Where could we get ahead of the other teams? You know, coming into June, you're like, hey, get ahead of the deadline. Don't let it come down to that. But I think there's definitely something about uh, teams knowing who they are and knowing what they what holes they need to plug yeah um whether it's a bat you know another bat here or there and uh yeah the gms are they're 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 having conversations right now with their scout their advanced scouts guys that are out there hey go see this guy go see this guy what prospects could we move the deadline to get this guy you know what what fringe prospects could we package you know stuff like that so Yeah. yeah no doubt dude gms front offices at this time of the year they're now they're looking for exactly what they need. Yeah, there's probably right now I would say a lot of scouts uh going to Kansas City Royals games. They're 17 and 39. There's a lot of scouts going to Oakland. I don't even know who what they have they can get back, but there's a lot of scouts going to Colorado because those teams are not they're they're yeah. borderline done already. So now you're probably saying, like, who's their best player? Let me go get that guy. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, how have you been on teams? So let's say the bad Reds teams are gone. Were you guys looking around going, uh, who's going to be here and who's not by the time the break happens? Dude, dude, I still remember in 2003, we got rid of Booney Mm. when I was with the Reds. We got rid of, I think, Scott Sullivan. We got rid of, uh, we just started getting rid of all my buddies. I couldn't believe it. Like, and I think, uh, (laughs) we were, we were in the back of the plane and Dean Taylor was our assistant GM at the time. And I remember we, you know, we were in the back of the plane. We probably had a couple pops going. We had the Bose speaker going, and somebody put on Twisted Sister. <laughs> we're not gonna take it. <laughs> and so I remember I got on the mic and I'm like, "We're not gonna <laughs> take it." And we had all our buddies had just been traded. And I remember going, "Dean, we ain't gonna take it." Oh, and he was on the plane. Wow. And I was like, and so the whole back of the plane, Joe Rana, Gravy, uh, no, not Joe Rana, uh, Gravy. You know, uh, Mar, all these guys, every guy, Dunner, Kearney, we're all like, we're not going to take it. <laughs> then the whole back of the plane would go, Dean, we ain't going to take it. Wow. And like, everybody's kind of looking back like, are the players really saying, Dean, we're not going to take it? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, we are. We're, we're, we don't care anymore. This is August. You're trading our friends. We're 45 games below 500. We are, uh, we're all depressed at this point, and we're yelling to the assistant GM that we're not going to take that's it amazing. Dude, That's amazing. <laughs> Dude, you know, you, were the, you are the mayor and the nicest guy in the world, but there are some stories you've told. Like when you told, uh, who was it, Tom Brenneman when he was when he was riding you? Uh, or when Marty, Marty Brenneman Marty, was riding Marty, you? Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. you? You grabbed him on, 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 a, on a bus? Is that a fact? <laughs> Didn't yeah. you do that? Tony was can- cantankerous. I'm like, dude, you're cantankerous. You know what I mean? Like, you're... <laughs> Yeah. But then don't mistake my kindness for weakness at times, right? I mean, at, at, exactly. at times you gotta like you gotta stand you gotta. up for yourself. You can't just take a punch to the face and go, hey, yeah, keep punching me in the face. You know, sometimes. And as a lead, dude, as a leader, sometimes on those teams, like you gotta stand up for your buddies. You gotta stand up for yeah. guys that don't have a voice. Like I did, kind of have a voice then. So sure. I sure. probably, I probably got on a few guys that maybe I shouldn't have, but I felt like I should at the time. So. I love that. I love that. You ever grab a guy and say you're not playing hard enough for this team? Oh, dude, in, two, in 2003, I remember calling a meeting. We, we So many guys were hurt. They had called up a lot of young guys, and I was so frustrated because I just felt like some of these dudes that got called up had an opportunity to really come up here and play hard. And, like, some of these guys weren't playing hard. And I called a team meeting one day, and I'm like, listen, I'm like, I don't know who you think you are. Like, I don't, I don't know if you think this just happened. You just come up to the big leagues, and all of a sudden you're here and that this game's easy. This game's hard. 
And I was like, when you come up to the big leagues, you have an actual shot to like impress some people, show the people that you can play and have a career up here. And I go, and one thing you better get, you know, clear is that this isn't the I'll try league. This is the either you know, I'll get it done league or you're gone. So like you guys come up here and thinking you're just gonna try like you no, know, you gotta put up numbers. You gotta show up every day. You gotta post. You can't waste a pitch. You gotta be all in every day. And I was like, that's how that's how you play in the big league. So for the guys that are just showing up with the I'll try crap, I guess what? You're gonna be out of here soon. You'll never be back. You know, and start freaking waking up. Yeah, that's how I'm you should up now. Yeah, this is how you should officiate the wedding tomorrow. <laughs> Listen, it is it is it's it is in sickness. I don't care how sick you are, I don't care how healthy you are. You're in this yeah. together. This is a team. <laughs> there you go. Just do that and then like and then like slam your book down at the yeah. end and, and walk off. Yeah. Hey Mahoney, this isn't an outside marriage. This is an I'll get it done marriage or freaking Rachel's out of here, okay? I'm sick and tired. You got your dad here, you Mom here, your, your parents here, and all these different kids, and Rachel's got her family. He's not waiting for you to just be like, hey, I'm just giving it a good try, Rachel. No, she wants to get it done, okay? This is not get it done, Mahoney. That's what I'm going to say. Perfect. We did it. We did it. We figured it out. All right. Well, enjoy doing that, man. Have fun out there. We got to tell you, right, fill you in on Monday. Hey, if you guys haven't yeah. seen or heard Joey Molinaro, go do it immediately. His, Dude, his Joey Molinaro nailed it yesterday. So freaking funny. What a comedian. What a what a genius of a person. The stuff that he's doing, man. And that was really cool of him to come on with us, man. Yeah, yeah. So go check that out. And everybody else, enjoy your weekends, right? Yeah, I, I'll let you know how the wedding goes, bro. Yes. I, I might drop that. Thanks for the speech. I might drop that <laughs> on to see if, how well it goes. Perfect. It's like my buddy It's like my buddy Tim McGarvey one time at, at uh, his brother's wedding. He was the best man. Had a few too many tangerays, I think. Ooh. And he was like, first thing he says is, the best man's music. like, hey, mom and dad, thanks for the open bar. Oh. And everyone, everyone was like, I just, he goes, he said, as soon as he said that, nothing but crickets. Oh, oh there's, <laughs> nothing, there's nothing I enjoy more than a cringeworthy, uh, yeah, cringeworthy speech. Yo, it's the greatest yeah. thing in the world. Anyway, yeah. all right, well, let's go. Have all fun, right, man. All right, Chase, love you, man. Have a great, have a great weekend. Everybody listening, thanks for listening to us. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys next week. See you.